Lou. <laughs> that was Rufus with his Halloween. Obviously, this is a Halloween edition of the Bet the Process podcast where Rufus Peabody and Jeff Ma, as always, do what we do on this episode. We will be talking about the first college football poll that's out. I'll be trying to work on my audio and make it better than it has in the past. And we will have a long section where we talk about some of the themes and things that we've been seeing on Twitter around um, different biases that people have um, and different sort of contests that Rufus is in right now. And then finally, we'll follow with our NFL picks. Um, Rufus and I are in a tightly heated contest back and forth where I'm winning by 0.75 games over Rufus for a $1,000 donation to charity that we still have not named what charity as always the bet the process podcast is brought to you by the sports action app or the action network app which is a wonderful app to track scores to see live odds etc etc and to get questionable content from time to time so with that let's start the process Welcome to another episode of Hit Bet the Process podcast, where I'm going to be doing my best job to have perfect audio. Um, maybe, Rufus, that was you making that noise. You're trying to screw me I'm over Darth, right now. Darth Jeff, Jeff yeah. Ma here. Bastard. You're really trying to screw me over here, and my goal to have perfect audio. Um, okay, so... First, get like... Rufus, stop breathing into the mic. Awful audio, and then... Shouldn't we like take baby steps? Maybe get the audio to like a two out of 10 for you before we go for 10 out of 10. No, we're going for a 10 out of 10. And I'm doing my best here to make the levels correct. I would appreciate it, Jeff, if you would give 110% though. I don't think 10 out of 10 is good enough. I'm giving 150%. Okay, good. That's how I am. Okay, so college football. Um, College football. Playoff rankings are up. And what say you about what the committee did? They have Bama, Clemson, LSU, Notre Dame as the top four. Do you agree? I do. And, and although we actually had Clemson number one, which you know doesn't really make that much sense if you were talking about who's <laughs> a better team, but I they have they that... have the better strength of record. And so, and this is right. This is the downfall of this is an algorithm that. I, I just want to say this isn't me t- saying who I think the committee should have picked. This is me trying to model me and Kate, I should say, Kate Massey, modeling the committee's behavior based on or based on what they've done in the past. And obviously, it's a different committee every year. But okay, so screw your rankings for a second, right? What I mean, screw your. What do I actually think? No, 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 no. Screw your model trying to deconstruct this corrupt committee's viewpoint and instead tell me what you think realistically the rankings should be going in you know is it is it bama first i mean there's no there's no way that's not intuition right i'm i'm saying that like your rankings have alabama first right by far yeah in my in my power rankings so the question is our rankings that clemson next right yes now who was third for you Who's third in my power rankings or who's yes. the most deserving Who is team? Who's third in your either? power rankings? Your power rankings are also based on 
what's happened so far this year, correct? But they also involve a prior. Okay. So, so if you, but but we can actually look at power rankings that don't involve a prior. Ar- is, arguably, arguably, the committee has priors in there, right? We've talked about this. They don't know they have priors, but they right. certainly do. But they're, they're like political priors. But, you know, they're I'm biased. actually disagree a little bit there because I think Notre Dame, I think, should have gotten, I, I expected that they would have been ranked third in, over LSU. Okay, but and stop, I was right? But stop. Kentucky, the priors on Notre Dame, the priors on Notre Dame were not that high, right? They they weren't, you're, you're saying maybe politically they're high, but their priors Fair. are not necessarily high. So stick well, to priors, right? So like, I just want to know okay. based on what your ranking system says, power rankings, including priors, you have Bama first, Clemson second, then who third? Georgia and then Michigan. But can I say first that that Wazoo got eighth in the in the committee's ratings? And I don't think the prior on Wazoo was that high. Like Ohio sure, State had a very high prior. Some, and they got the docked all the way down to number 10. Like Ohio State is worse than Kentucky and Washington State, who both also have one loss. Like that, that that was surprising to me. Even though my model actually pegged Ohio State coming in at 10, I just I was shot, I was a little surprised it actually happened. Well, there's there's obviously like these you know, somewhat these narratives attached to all this, right? In the, in the case of, um, you know, in the case of uh, Ohio State, you have them losing re- really recently. You have them losing in epic proportion to an unranked team. And True. so all those things lead to it. But I but think it's interesting. Wait, wait, can I interject? Florida has two losses and they came in at number 11 ahead of any other two-loss team. And what, what, that, uh, loss, what, that loss was recently. That was last week. What, and it was not who, did they, who did they lose to? Who did they lose to? Georgia. Right. But Where's it wasn't the... a close game particularly. And so I'm just saying that, I mean, I, wait, I guess wait, I'm pointing out the hypocrisy. Wait, I have a question. What, what conference is Florida playing? The SEC. Right. And there's a lot of bias towards that. I mean, that if you go and you look at the LSU being third over Notre Dame, there's no world where that really makes sense, right? I mean... Notre Dame is undefeated. Notre Dame has beaten the number five team, which is better than any LSU win, obviously. Um, Notre Dame even beat LSU at the end of last year in the bowl game. So what world should LSU really be ranked above Notre Dame? Now, we're not saying that Notre Dame is a better team than LSU. We're just, I'm just saying that if you look at, those two teams versus each other. It's almost like the committee is trolling Notre Dame in that case. Well, I don't, so, so Notre Dame, if you, if you take just the current season ratings, our current season predictive ratings, um, they're number 25. Like you put in priors to the number 10. LSU is number nine on the well, season. But part, part of yeah, the reason that you don't have them is because you have that victory, which everyone thinks was a really big victory, against Michigan because they won, you know, is, what, they won what the many game. people would say convincingly, but you have you had... And that's going to influence your opinion on Notre Dame. Well, of course it is. However, it's one game and it's the first week of the season and more recent games are worth more. And if you look at this, like LSU has the number two ranked schedule this season so far. Okay. So where do you have, where do you Notre have LSU? Is 23rd. Where do you have LSU ranked? In the power ratings? Number yes. nine. Notre okay. Dame is number 10. So to me, yeah, I, I actually do think it's defensible. I'm just surprised. Got it. So you have Georgia third, you have Michigan fourth, and then who do you have at fifth and sixth? Oklahoma, it, I would guess. Correct. Oklahoma and then Ohio State. But there's a huge gap between five and six. So in, ter- in terms of tiers, it's like you're, Alabama, Clemson at the you top. Have so many different rankings now that it's almost it's confusing. I confuse myself which one sometimes. It is. 
but this is the regular power ratings that sort of say what we expect to happen in the future. I mean, okay, let's say that you were on the committee. Let's hypothetically say, which rankings would you use if you were on the committee? So here's the question. What is my goal? What is the goal of the committee? You are on the committee. You get to decide what it is. So I'm saying you have the power. Hmm. You are part of the most corrupt institution in the world. You have the power. You are part of the NCAA. What do so, you do? Who are so your top four teams? Honestly, I'm, I'm not going to pick my top four teams because I think it should be about most deserving because I don't okay. think the fact that a team... So who are your top four teams? Who are your top four teams in that case? And don't say like what the committee would do, blah, blah, blah. Just who do you think the top four most deserving teams are? Who are the... You're putting me on the spot here, Jeff. I'm going to say... You Alabama. fucking stare at the shit all day. How am I putting you on the spot? Alabama, Just, number okay. one. Clemson, yes. number two. Yes, thanks for the news flash. I am going to say Notre Dame at number three. Their strength okay. of record is best in the country. Okay. And LSU, number four. So I think they actually have the four teams that I do think are most deserving based on Boom. how they There goes the dynamite. Yeah. That's what I was, that's what I was wondering. So, 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 yes. And then now if I said to you, okay, now you're in the committee – and I want you to come up with the most competitive, most exciting top four teams to play in that playoff. Who would it be? Right. Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Michigan. You wouldn't have Oklahoma there. No. I'd have Michigan ahead of Oklahoma. But it's close. Just, bar- just well, barely. No, though, okay. Yeah. In terms of excitement, yeah, I think Oklahoma is probably more exciting because they're, they're the best team. They're, they're the best offensive team in the country. Got it. But they are they are so so the gap between Michigan and Oklahoma is less than four tenths of a point, whereas the gap between number five Oklahoma and number six Ohio State is a full five points. So it's a huge, it's a massive drop off outside that top five. Right. So a couple other notes. Then we don't really. You're saying that you don't really think Notre Dame got screwed in these rankings you think that it's well it's justified that lsu could be higher just because their strength schedule has been so difficult it's yes it's yeah i I think you can make that argument they're a better team team, so do you think that this is do you think that this is a way for the committee to allow lsu to still make the playoffs if they lose to bama and then win out because if they lose to Bama, they're not going to make the SEC championship game. They could easily win out and end up with two losses. And no, but that, that's, a, that's a good question, one I hadn't really thought about. I don't think it is. I think it's LSU has had a tough schedule so far, much tougher than the teams behind them in the, in, in the committee's ratings. But their schedule after Bama gets much easier. And you're going to have other teams, for example, whoever wins the Big Ten title game, like they're going to, have to play that game. Actually, it's not a good example because it'll probably be against Northwestern. But whoever wins, basically coming through a conference, you know, like Oklahoma, if they win the Big 12, will have to win a game presumably against another good team. And they have a tough schedule um, sort of coming in. So, so I think that there's opportunities for teams to sort of leapfrog for sure. I think there's certain teams that don't have that chance. Like, you know, Florida at number 11 – they're six and two. They they cannot win the SEC East. They they are out of it. Even though they're number eleven, there's schools that are behind Florida that still have a chance. But Florida basically is not going to be able to move up because they're not going to be able to play for the SEC title. So I think LSU. Will like, who move. do you think has a chance? Like UCF or I guess West Virginia clearly has a chance because they can win. 
the Big 12 when we said if they yeah. win the Big 12, then they have what this 60% chance or whatever to make it. I mean, there's plenty of teams. Like, okay, so if, if Kentucky wins out, they're in. Oklahoma. But Kentucky's not behind Florida. Kentucky's ahead of Florida. Oh, oh okay. I thought you meant behind LSU. Because, but well, behind who? Who behind, behind Florida? LSU. Everyone's West behind Virginia. LSU except for except for two teams. I'd say only West Virginia behind Florida. You were saying Florida was screwed. Yeah. And I was saying, and you were saying there are people behind them. So I'm now listing people behind them. Well, but there's people team. behind them that can still win their conference. So they they still still theoretically have a chance to get in. If you win your conference, a big uh, a Power Five conference. And shit hits the fan elsewhere. Excuse my language. I know people in my family. I drop f bombs on this. People, people in my family are one of our. You know, just because I'm probably, not cool. I think my family of, makes up three, three, three of, of our six listeners, listeners. and yeah. then my girlfriend makes up four. Well, you told me you had exciting news today. I thought you got engaged. That was really, <laughs> that was really a letdown. Um. Okay. So. Let's see. What is where does that leave so, us now? So we were gonna. So normally, Jeff, if you remember, we we talk about the movers and shakers, and so right. I kind of thought we would actually. Honestly, it's it's not the most interesting segment. I don't know if you'd agree. We can we can skip it, or we could debate but the not interestingness of the segment, which would make it even less interesting or fewer so, interesting. Here's what I actually like. I had an idea. Surprising game grades. Yeah, I know it's not a good idea, but it's an idea. So. I'm going to ask you, so which final scores do you think of games that were, let's say, you know, not between complete crap teams, which final scores were the most deceiving? So based on my game grades, which ones um, would be the most unexpected? Um, Are there any that stand out to you? uh, Notre Dame Navy? That's correct, actually. Notre Dame only came in at number 38 despite winning by 22 points. Um, let's see here. I, I have four of them jotted down here. I named one of them, though. That, you aren't did. you pretty I, impressed I, with impressed. that? You, you didn't tell me who they played or anything. But Notre Dame Navy. I said, I said Notre okay. Dame Navy. I, I knew who they played. I just wasn't naming shit just randomly. Um, I don't know. Why don't you tell me the rest of them? How about, how about Missouri, UK? UK? Yeah, there you go. So, yeah. so Kentucky comes in at number eleven, and Mizzou at number sixty. Kentucky was way, way better in terms of State Stanford for play. Um, no, or at least it wasn't one that I flagged. How about Texas, Oklahoma State? Also, not one I flagged. Okay. The other, what are the, the other two I flagged that were particularly egregious is that Wisconsin came up with a higher game grade than Northwestern, despite losing by fourteen. Wisconsin was number 32, Northwestern was number 46. Digging deeper, Wisconsin outgained Northwestern and was better in play success. Um, This is all controlling for home field advantage. I'm not sure of the raw numbers. The turnovers were even, but Wisconsin missed two field goals and was worse on third down. And the last one, which is is South Florida-Houston, which I guess isn't a huge marquee game, but it's, I mean, it's almost the Super Bowl of non-Power 5 schools. So... And Houston won 57 to 36, but they did it based on being 13 of 18 on third down and two and two, two for two on fourth down. And they actually did outgain South Florida substantially, but they did it largely based on big plays. USF was much better in play success. Right. 
Um, it's probably not that interesting when I name these stats. I'm, I'm realizing this when I'm saying them. It's okay. No. All right, let's yeah. let's move on because we're not going to spend a ton of time on college this week because we normally spend a ton of time on it. Um, we're going to well, Jeff, and also can we also point out that not a lot happened last week? It was a fairly uneventful weekend of college football. There weren't a lot of marquee matchups. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I think that you know Texas might beg to differ that nothing really happened last week. Um, they were a three point favorite. That's it. Yeah, well, they they're pretty much now done, right? Dunzo. Yeah, pretty much. And and it ruined our chance because I think we were ready. We we're going to load up on Oklahoma and that, you know, that rematch. Um, and now we may never have that chance, and we definitely won't get the line that we we're hoping for. It's a shame. Did you did you see that tweet about the look ahead line on Oklahoma? Uh, sorry, in Ohio State versus Michigan, and and someone mentioned that you had said Michigan would be favored now. And supposedly Ohio State is still favored on the look ahead line. So if that's true, what is that look ahead line? Someone said I didn't. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't. If they said Ohio State minus one and a half, and I make it Michigan minus one, then that's not a huge difference. It's not a difference. I don't know if that's the actual look ahead line, but just hey, do we have do we have value on Clemson at plus four hundred? We have huge value. Huge. Clemson, Clemson, Clemson dominated, and I actually watched most of the game. They were, they were, their defensive line is is just absolutely overwhelmed Florida State. And then, do we have? Is there value? What's Georgia now? Georgia is seventeen point four to one. That's what I make. No, no value there. But I make Clemson almost up there with Bama. Like Clemson, I now have is like only two points worse than Bama. They've had two. They, they've they've been dominant recently since trevor lawrence came back so they're kind of the new georgia now yeah kind of yeah the team yeah the non-alabama top team that is undervalued because alabama is so good i couldn't have said it any better myself (laughs) okay so let's move on to picks last week um so there's this new tradition that's happening which is the jeff moth thursday night fade Last week I had two games on Thursday night and college, mostly it's been college that I've been losing. Um, I had college and pro and our friend Preston said he parlayed those against me and won that parlay. (laughs) Good for him. But I ended up going four and one in college, which is nice. Bringing my college record now to 500 at 20 and 20. Rufus, you went two and three and your college is now 500, which is amazing considering how well you started i started 15 and 3 i'm like 5 and 17 or something like that i've i think the last three weeks i've gone two and three it's not pretty you know actually not pretty probably people if they took penn state um they might have won that game so that that wasn't so bad we released penn state as minus six and a half i i luckily um did you have that as a bet jeff yourself personally uh yeah I, I did i don't remember what number i got because that was a funny line it, it opened up much lower it was four and a half five and a half i think and, right. and then it moved up and it was six and a half when we recorded the pod and then it moved back down again and yeah. so it was like the perfect storm to have lost on that bet you had to just have timed it basically that one basically within one day you basically had a low point like, like did. nice work i i well look i mean i actually did win that bet and i looked afterwards and i was like are you serious like i, I get a loss for this but notre dame was teetering loss. that whole time too no that was another one that i had a push loss yeah we have a grade as minus 23 and a half and it was one that actually moved 
back like against me yeah like close, it was I think, right around 22 yeah. so yeah maybe, maybe happens, uh, buddy. it does snakes on all a plane those, all, all those sharps out there moving shit and where the sharp money is so i'm tired apparently, of this. apparently the sharp money is not coming from me because the, the, those lines moved back against me it's i'm tired of this notion of like sharp money and that's why you should bet something when the sharp money moves a line from six to four and a half, the sharp money was at six. So if yes. you can bet it at four and a half, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's sharp, a sharp bet anymore. All of those points matter. All of those half points matter a lot. And can I say this? It's, if a tout, let's say you have a successful touting service that, that does move lines, something like Bright Angle Sports, when they release a pick, It'll move. Or Bob. Let's give Bob credit because he hates us now. So does, does Bob, Bob Doctor Bob, move lines? Uh, yeah, he do, he used to for sure. He used well, to he when used he released. Does he anymore? Oh, I have no idea. When he okay. released, it used to definitely move lines. I have no idea. I, I, I would assume he still does. I mean, his so many website, people his plays. I just want to say this: his website, like delete basically any system that isn't currently being used because it was losing is no longer on his records. His records are only current things. So, so Gill's baseball no longer on his records, his football, because he stopped betting it and how it has a new system. So that old system doesn't count. Like, right. I mean, I, I was a little disappointed when I saw that. I was, Cause I was looking to show someone his NFL plays and how he, you know, or, and I couldn't find them. Yeah. I'm sure they're somewhere anyway. on his site, or if we give him crap about it, he'll he'll point out where they are. So whatever. Um, know, I, I, yeah, I just you know how, how I feel about transparency. Yeah, and but again, like there's just a difference. If you're selling picks, there's a whole notion. There's a whole litany of things that you have to do to sell picks, and one of them is to present yourself in the best light possible, right? So, uh, okay, let's go on to this week's um, picks. Well, let's go through these quickly. Uh, we both have Rutgers. It's plus 28 and a half now. I checked right before we went on the air. So I'm going to give you 28 and a half on that okay. uh, over Wisconsin. Rutgers is one of the three college teams, which are the official bet the process college football teams. Um, so the other is Kansas. And, and I dubbed San Jose State one of them. San Jose State. I, I thought it was just that Hawaii is the anti. I, by the way, how great am I for calling San Jose State's first victory last week? outright as a two and a half point favorite <laughs> against UNL, were they against UNLV yeah they're a favorite also so like oh. you can't really like ride a high horse when you predict a favorite's gonna win outright yeah I don't like that because I had UNLV Not you did thing. yeah oh you didn't tell me that I didn't yeah no on our on our weekly trip through college that occurs yeah. after the podcast once we stop recording well, you just texted me last week because you're sure. like busy, and we were recording at like the worst. We recorded at one thirty a.m. because your microphone yeah. messed up so much. I don't let's, want to let's, let's get to these picks because people okay. don't really care about our petty arguments. All right, uh, your first pick. My first pick is going to be Ohio State minus seventeen and a half against Nebraska. Okay, I'm gonna take we'll just get a bullet, bullet, bullet. We don't need narratives. Well, if you have a narrative, uh, Baylor plus seven and a half over Oklahoma State. Um, let down after beating Texas and Baylor has been a team we've said is kind of underrated all year. Okay. Uh, Cincinnati minus 13 against Navy. Navy actually didn't play nearly as bad as that final score against Notre Dame. Um, but Navy's also quite a 
bad team. So, um, but they protect our shores. They do protect it. Well, no, it's not the Coast Guard. Uh, maybe it's the Merchant maybe, Marines. Maybe it's too uh, bad the Navy never plays the Coast Guard. Anyway, okay, so Cincinnati minus You could actually do a bet the process podcast uh, parlay this week in college, a three game parlay. Uh, Kansas plus fourteen and a half over Iowa State. Uh, just you know, really love a chance to bet on Kansas. Yeah, Hawks. They they were they they came through last week. I was a fan of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to take Rutgers plus twenty eight and a half. I guess I already mentioned that, but that's my number three listed play. Yeah. So you know, can't miss an opportunity to tap two star, Rutgers. Two star, two star. Uh, Michigan State minus two and a half over Maryland. That opened at three, went down to one. I think I know who pushed bet it and pushed it up to two, and now it's at two and a half. But I still like Michigan State there. It wasn't me. I know it wasn't you. I know who, who was it was, it? though. I think it was our friend Preston. Ah, Preston. Okay, my fourth pick he is going to be... College, he moves college lines for sure. Definitely. Because he has a... Yeah. Although, although, can I say this? If you're max betting college line bets, you're going to move the lines. Yeah, if, and if you have people that follow you, and he has people that follow that's him. That's fair. Um, Cal plus 10 at Washington State. Uh, I, yep. And uh, then the third bet the process team, San Jose State plus 13.5 over Wyoming. It was 14 before. It's down at 13.5, so hopefully it goes back up and you guys can wait to get it. Uh, but 13.5. And, oh, that, that'll that dovetail well into our next subject when we talk about that idea of predicting line moves. So, you know, I, I put Oklahoma minus 10 at Texas Tech because in my sheet it said Oklahoma minus 10. That line's 13.5 now. Mm-hmm. So that was, unfor- that was such a little touty move by you. I can't. No, I I'm glad because I hadn't double checked that. So it's I'm gonna say this. I I wouldn't play it at 13 and a half. Um, okay, not not enough value the juice there, in my opinion. So I'm gonna have to come up with another one, which is going to be permission Utah to type State. in the spreadsheet or not. Utah State. Oh, we're, we're gonna go with the Hawaii the, fade. The Hawaii gonna, fade. Since, since I finally Hawaii introduced. Fade. The Hawaii fade to the Bet the Process podcast, <laughs> which, by the way, the Hawaii fade has been Hawaii fade has been going on every single game this season. All I do every is single one. I watch the game kick off. I see the team playing Hawaii score, and then I go to bed and I wake up and it's a winner. It's free money. Free money. Free money. So what's the line there, or is um, it just like one of those? It doesn't matter the line. Just just bet it. I have in my spreadsheet minus eighteen and a half. That may not be current, so I'm going to check. Current line is minus 18. So it had, did I say 18 or 18 and a half? It's uh, 18 and a half at, at a lot of places. 18 at a few. We'll go 18 and a half. You know what? Yeah, it's fine. It's probably, not, it's probably not gonna matter. It's probably just like Penn State didn't matter, right? Exactly. Well, this is less of a key number, so mm. hope it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. And a half 18 is- i mean so many so many games land on 18 right okay let's move on to some non-picks non-stuff we were talking about this we'll jump to this first which is this notion that it's easier to predict lines than win or predict line moves than win so i mean i my personal experience with this is like listening to 
Doug Kazarian, um, who's a friend, you know, and I don't want to disparage him, but he always talks about like, oh yeah, this Monday night game is going to move because we, you know, there's going to be people with parlays and teasers tied to it and blah, blah, blah. And it's going to move. And so if you're going to bet this, if you're going to bet the underdog, you should wait. If you're going to bet the favorite, you should bet it now. Right. So right. why did you bring this up? There must be something specific to you. In your so life. I had a, I, I have a friend who is a. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. I knew you have one. Friend number two. Uh, so, oh, that's cool. Uh, We're you, friends. You, you're friend number one. Sweet. Yeah. So, a friend that is a non well, I should say he actually is a sports better. He's not a winning sports better, and he, he will readily admit that. But he thinks he can predict line moves at approximately a 75 or 80% clip. Like, like not, not every game, but that he can identify games on Monday that will move and, and be right most of the time. And I said, I said, I think you're a 50% line move picker. Uh, I, and so this week, and I said, I would give him two to one or sorry, he, I would let him lay minus 200 on any game, any line move. And so this week, his the one he picked was um, he thought Kansas City, which was at the time minus seven and a half, minus one hundred nine, um, minus one hundred two on the comeback against Cleveland. That's at Pinnacle. He thought that was going to close higher. So I'm stuck with quite a large bet at plus two hundred uh, of of Cleveland uh, closing at no worse than plus seven and a half, minus one hundred two at Pinnacle. So a, do you think that's a good bet for me, Jeff? And B, do you think it's easier to predict line moves than it is to win? So I'm sorry. What what is the current line on Cleveland? The current I, I line. Know there was any math involved, and I didn't sure. I know we'd already moved to the NFL, so I'm well, on the wrong. This screen. is. Uh, yeah, I'm on the wrong screen as well. So he's Pre-show. saying that he believes that. Cleveland- he believes it's going to move to Kansas City. So Kansas City was minus seven and a half. They're now minus eight and a half. I'm seeing so, minus nine on Chris. So yeah. We went with the penny line at the time. Sorry, I'm, so, I'm on Bovada. I'm seeing. I'm seeing Bovada. Or, which Bovada which Bovada line are you seeing? The sharp or the square one? There's like three different lines. I get to choose which one I pick. They That's asked nice. me in a questionnaire when I started, "Are you a sharp?" And I said <laughs> no. And they said, "Are you a public better?" And I said yes. And they said, "Do you usually win?" And I said no. And I got a really good line. Uh, so I have KC minus nine. So you're bet it. You bet him. He bet so, that this line would go up, or he's yeah. saying that go back to he bet. Him. He bet the line would go up, and, and so and I I got plus two hundred. It wasn't. A, this is not a trivial wager. I'll put it that way. This person has cash he can spare and is willing to go big on this. And you know, I'm I'm not looking positive EV right now. So this so it's based on what it closes at. Is that what you're it saying? is exactly? So, but here's my question. Do you think that someone who is not a winning better can identify games where he thinks the line, he thinks the line, he or she thinks the line is going to move in their favor and be right enough to justify laying minus 200 on the games that they have that intuition? Um, well, yes, I think they might be able to. And that sounds so still, decisive. And still, no, I think they might be able to, and still not be a winning better. And I mean that because I, I don't think they have the timing and the execution and the discipline to only bet games where they know the line will move. Right. So theoretically, you would say that, like, if he had that notion, he should have bet Cleveland at minus seven or seven and a half or whatever it was. Right. Plus and seven. Got, yeah. Sorry. Pl- oh, sorry. 
he should have bet KC at minus seven or whatever, and then he would have had line value, right? And so theoretically, right. that would have been a positive EV position to put on. Well, I would have told him to have teased uh, KC minus seven and a half, but sure, but yes. with what? Tomato, tomato. With what? Why, I mean, would, you, why would you have told? Why would you have told them to tease it? Just because you think that va- that well, at that if you, if you can get well, if, mm-hmm. it, well, if you can tease two games across the three and the seven, like teasing it across the three and the seven and getting oh, just because, 10, just because you better. don't think that you don't think that he's like running into any limits or anything like that, and he's just this recreational better that's going to do that. Well, no, I think that actually a, a two team teaser at minus one ten teasing across the three and the seven. Yeah, but you can't get where where can you get minus one ten on teasers these days? I don't know. Plenty of places, I think. Really? I don't know. I don't bet teasers. So, uh, anyways, we sound like real experts right now. Um, so the, I don't so, know. So, I mean, I think, I think, I think what I would probably say, and I think what you're getting at, is that he has like a lot of confirmation bias in this when he is, you know, picking these things, and he remembers when they move in their favor, and that's making him overconfident about his ability to do this when the reality is he's only doing it at a 50-50 rate. I told him I, I thought would... I could do it at like a 75% rate at least because I'm just going to pick the ones where, that my model likes and right. generally the line is going to move that direction. And you're and and you're you're saying that getting minus 200 or plus 200 from him is value because you don't think he can do it at what a 65% rate. Right. I, I think, you know, maybe he can do it at 55%, I don't know. But I just don't think that someone well, that, I'm excited to see how this turns out for you because I am not ready to dismiss his ability to do this. Because well, okay, but, but do you think he's going to be able to do it at a 67% clip? I don't think not so. Like picking out I one would, game if, I, if, if, if you made him do this, like, but you may need to make him do this for a while and, you know, and you need to lock him into making these bets and yeah, then I take your side. But I don't know if I would, you know, just like probability doesn't work in a small sample size. Of course. <laughs> never. You need an infinite sample size, Jeff. Yeah, I don't know. You, you've obviously never even oh, taken a stats game. No, I don't know linear algebra. We still need to brush up on that. You, um, you probably don't even know nonlinear algebra. I don't know circular algebra. Uh, okay. So, I mean, I guess your question to me is, which side of this would I want be on, yours or his? And I would obviously, I'd rather be on your side. I mean, I think that's a fair. Um, if he were really that good at predicting line moves, then he should be able to be a winning better. But like we obviously talked about that, there's a lot more that goes into that. That's the discipline. Um, there's the money management, all that kind of stuff to be winning better. Like Todd Furman always says, it's you know it's really hard. You need all these other discipline things. So, but. Um, but give, but given that the line is eight and a half now, would you rather be on his side? Oh yeah, for sure. Because you needed okay. to get to back to seven and a half to win. Minus seven and a half shaded a little bit towards Kansas City, though. And and you know the the distance between eight and a half and seven and a half is not that much. Part of this too is that you just don't think Kansas City's that good. I mean, I think that the problem is there's this, the perception on Cleveland now with the the coaching changes and everything like that is it's a mess. So the, yeah, I mean, I don't think that's going to go up from, I, I'm seeing it at nine. So I don't think it's going to go up from nine. I, I would, if I were to take the over under eight and a half, I would probably take the under. Did you just open a soda? I did. How'd you guess? 
Well, everyone just gives me crap when there's noise in the background, so I just got to call out that the noise in the background. I thought I had on. muted it. <laughs> you definitely didn't mute it. I unmuted it. Damn. It's oh. really, we're real professionals here. Uh, okay, and then let's move on to the next one, which is, I don't know if you saw the Seth Byrne um, replying to Nate Silver, who was basically talking about some political markets um, that were on, I think, like Bet Online or something like that. And Nate was basically like surprised at how poor the betting markets were and how they were almost like biased, which prediction markets aren't supposed to be biased because they sort of take into account all like the wisdom of the crowds, et cetera. And Seth's point was was that the limits on this stuff are so small, and these mar- its market is largely a joke. And I I think that this is like the problem that I have a lot with mainstream media quoting a lot of these like either opinion markets or prop markets or like these markets where you know they're like oh who was gonna you know is Trump gonna get impeached and all that. like it's not these aren't real markets because they don't take real money. And so they're not really getting um, what people believe to be, you know, the wisdom of the crowds. They're getting the wisdom of a few dumb people that Bavada allows to bet on these things. Um, and so I think it's generally like, what's up? BetOnline.ag, right? Yeah, yeah. I might we might as well look this look this up so we don't probably do a better job. But wait, wait. Here's the thing, though. There are actual prediction markets in this country that are not, at least last I checked, that that are not. Um, actually, books. Have you heard of Predict It? Well, yeah, of course. And then, but I mean, the only, ones outside a max of, of like eight hundred dollars, though. But at the same time, you have a lot of smart people that are like, oh, that are doing this as a hobby and all that. And and I, I would almost, I would guess that Predict It is, even though the max you can bet is eight hundred dollars, it's going to be more efficient than these sports books because you know the limits are less than eight hundred dollars there. Yeah. Well. Anyways, my point. So in this tweet. Nate said, I've thought the betting odds were a shade or two too optimistic on certain GOP bets this year, especially regarding their chances of, and Nate's become sort of this flaming liberal. So uh, regarding their chances of keeping the house, but not by so much that it was worth fighting about, the price on Warren is completely deranged, however, to the point where it looks like political betting markets have become a weird little subculture subject to exactly the sort of groupthink that betting markets are supposed to avoid. Maybe if the stakes were 10x or 100x higher, it would help things, although maybe not. And then Seth said, it would help things a ton. BetOnline.ag is a joke. So the notion again, and and this is where I would um, caution mainstream media about using lines and market prices from some of these you know less reputable, less um, more public books that they're not really any sort of a market of any sort of a representation of market sentiment. They're just things that they put up there for marketing so people can quote them and give them press and allow them to get customer acquisition from this free marketing. So it's, beware, it's smart, mainstream media, beware. It's a smart marketing move on their part, though. It is, but it's slimy, and there's no two ways about it. Do you um, think that's the real reason they do it, for sure? Yeah, for sure. And then they get people like RJ to tweet about it, or they get like you know whomever to tweet about it, and all of a sudden they get like free press from it. And people are like, oh, I can bet on all these all all these exotic things. I want to sign up there. Maybe, yeah, probably. Who knows? I don't know why people sign up for these things. Uh, 
Next thing, did you did you actually read the article I sent you from me? I did. I did, and I even know that you're quoted. And there's somebody else who almost has the same last name as you that's quoted. That you just add an H to their last name or to your it's, last. It's name. probably actually the same last name, to be honest. Um, Chinese wise, you're talking about Sherry Ma, who's the actual person who did this research. Uh, basically, this is we're referencing the work that Baxter Holmes did around schedule alert, which is. Um, these games that they basically identified within the NBA schedule where they can almost like know that the away team because of travel and because of rest, et cetera, um, is going to lose and is going to underperform because of the sort of lack of rest that they're getting, et cetera. And so the reason I was going to ask you about this is because, you know, Baxter is a friend and he wrote this article and he wanted my opinion on it. And I was very careful about it because I know that like in the NBA, like real sharp NBA betters incorporate a lot of this stuff into what they do, like the rest thing and the travel thing. It's well known as something that, and I was trying to tell them like, listen, you got to find like a power ranking and you've got to see how um, the actual power rankings are, um, you know, influenced by the scheduling spot and see like, are they overperforming, underperforming? Just like we always talk about, right? We don't, we don't want to actually like talk about, the market per se um, and how the market adjusts because the market will adjust over time. So what I'm interesting about in particular for this article is do you think it's possible that an article like this could influence the market such that there is value on the other side because of this article, this article alone. So for well, this article to influence the market, we have to assume that the market is being driven largely by dumb money and dumb money that will now think that it's smart money. Or do you think it's a bunch of sharps reading this and saying, Oh, I hadn't thought of that or, or, Oh, no, I think, I'll now I think, look I at think it. that I think I'll that now sharps look at it. It's giving it away. It's giving away the secret. And so people like me who don't bet the NBA will be like, Hmm, is this actually something look at it, find out it is, and then make by betting it, make it not something. No, I don't think that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, I think what I'm saying is that once, so I followed this last year um, before it became sort of public and I kind of watched it and these teams were underperforming. And, and I think generally I, I have not tracked this well enough to know if like you could have bet it blindly, but it was very, you know, the numbers and, and Ben Alomar when he was at ESPN kind of ran these numbers for, um, for Baxter and, Anyways, my point is that, yes, I think this was priced in to the line um, before, but I wonder if now they might overprice it because of um, how public this is this has become. Well, and, you're saying, thing, like, and you're saying like you don't believe that would ever happen. I don't know. I, I'm, no, I, I wasn't saying that. I was just wondering what the mechanism was. Was it going to be sharp people betting it? Based, you know, was it going to be dumb money thinking it's sharp money betting it or is it going to be the fact that like a lot of people that are sharp and wouldn't have otherwise bet it will not take a look at this but i think it's i think it's yeah i mean i think it's markets tending towards efficiency making something like this publicly known and just making it priced in and maybe overpricing it i guess it's like uh you know, the idea of like a once, you know, like a when a good player is formally announced out of a game and the line moves because of it, 
when the reality is like their uncertainty of them not being in the game was already kind of priced in and the market tends to overreact. I agree with that. I agree. And I, yeah, I definitely agree. That's kind of what I'm getting at. So maybe it's anyways, it'll be interesting to watch in a sample size of one so far, there's been one schedule alert game so far. And um, it was last night with Houston against um, the trailblazers and Houston got boat raced. Um, so it's 0-1 because Houston was the team that should have, I mean, Portland was the team that should have underperformed and they actually overperformed. So this article, which we should tweet out so people can read it. Yeah. Um, it says, how many games are there this year? It, it gave the first half schedule. It's like 40 something. something, yeah. So why don't we make a bet? Jeff, if you had to make a bet on the, well, what's the over-under on percentage of, of those schedule alert games that will um, that'll win? <laughs> what would you would set say- it at? 50%. I don't I I think that like something like this now my point it's it's already probably priced in against the closing line or ooh, that's yeah how are we even judging that. Yeah, I think I mean I, my point is that I I, I know what's going to happen, right? Yeah. So they made this they made this public like people are going to troll people on Twitter including me because I was mentioning the article every time one of these games comes up and loses, they're going to track the record. And I would be surprised given like how public this was made. I would be surprised if this wasn't, you know, pretty damn close to 50, 50. When you said, I mean, what I, I would guess, what's that? Anyway. No, but, but you said how many people read it. Do you think that like you had to link it to me? I, it's not like I f- saw it on my own. Yeah. But you don't give a shit about the NBA. This is a pretty popular NBA writer is one of ESPN's national beat writers. Okay. Fair. This isn't like a Joe Schmo writing an NBA article. This is like a real, this, is this, a real this isn't Rufus Peabody writing a blog post. <laughs> No, or Rufus Peabody writing a Rufus Peabody and Cade Massey writing an article for the Washington Post, which yeah, like five people read. Yeah. So, anyways, I think the thing, the reason that I brought it up, and the reason that I thought it was interesting, is because one of the things I wondered as I thought through this whole process of people like trolling us every time one of these games loses is. Does this had this? Does this become a case where almost the market over adjusts or overreacts to it? And you don't really have an opinion on it. Um, I don't have a strong opinion on it, but I wouldn't. I definitely would not tell anyone to start betting blindly on schedule alert games anymore. And what's what I feel bad for Baxter about a little bit is that I feel like now he feels like very. Um, he feels like he put something out there that he needs to own, and I feel like he's going to sweat these games. Um, even though he probably doesn't bet them, he's going to sweat these like someone who's bet every game because he feels like an ownership of this. So it's going to be interesting to watch. For sure. I, I see what you're saying. He, he's he's put himself in the crossfire, huh? Yeah. It's a no-win situation for him. Uh, did you want to talk about... That's what he gets for trying to help people, right? Just trying to expose something interesting. It, it is pretty interesting. And I think it's interesting. If and, and I want about, to ask, Can I ask you this? How much of it comes from... well? I don't know. This is more of a new thing, right? Where where teams are resting their best players in some of these games. Well, I don't right? think like, it's like necessarily a new play. thing that that there are. I don't think it's a new thing that there are these schedule, um, these games that like you clearly going to lose because of schedule, right? I, I think that that's a common thing that um, has happened for a while, and it's probably gotten a little better because they've kind of made the schedule a little bit easier. But I think the thing that has changed is it's been like somewhat of a self-fulfilling prophecy where I think people, NBA players, like will get rest in these situations oftentimes. And I think teams will often give up in the second half in situations like this. 
So, um, yeah, but I think yeah. there is somewhat of, you know, this, this is a, a constant flowing thing where I don't think that, you know, because it's happened in the past and, and of course, like lines are going to adjust because of that. So, right. I mean, if, if like the, the San Antonio Spurs decide not to even have their top three players travel or whatever, right. Exactly. Then uh, exactly. the line is obviously so going to move you, a ton. You see, you know a shitload about the NBA. Well, I mean, no, I, I've watched a total of like one quarter of an NBA game in the past two seasons. Right. There but you, you know, I'm 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 a human being. I'm surrounded by sports, so it happens. Yeah. Okay. So uh, can we can we move on to the fact that Jeff, you you know, you've set the, this golden example for me. You've I remember I remember last year. You always listen to RJ Bell's podcast to get yeah. ammo for for this podcast, and yeah. we're try, you try to encourage me to do the same. Yeah. And so, recently mm-hmm. on Wednesdays, which is mm-hmm. the day we record our podcast, generally Wednesday evenings, uh, I have started listening to whatever RJ Bell podcast was out just to try to get some inspiration. And I actually found two tidbits today that are worth commenting on. I think go for it. So the first one is that. Uh, Steve Fezzik made a comment about this is the college on RJ Bell's podcast, which is the college football one um, about how he thought that Kentucky, Kentucky's an underdog coming off of a, a road win against Missouri there and big, road said, win. big, road big, win. big, big road win um, motivation alert. I did a little Donald Trump hands thing. Um <laughs> <laughs> so apparently these uh, these teams, these underdogs coming off a big road win, play worse on the road because they've used up their energy, but at home, they play really well. They overperform at home. Question, is this real? Follow-up question to that. If so, if it actually is a real effect, yeah, I want your answer. Why would he give this away on a podcast for free? Go. So... I doubt it's real. Um, I, you know, again, like you could do research in this, but you'd have to like, there's a bunch of like caveats you'd have to make. Like you'd have to define what, how large an underdog was. You'd have to define like what a big road win was, or, I mean, I don't even know. Well, I don't know if you said road big win. road win. I think you said so a, a, a you underdog winning on the road. So winning outright on the road. Wins outright on the road. Like I think a big when I thought when I thought big win I kind of thought maybe that so means it's a close what is, win. What does what does overperform mean? Does overperform mean relative to the market or does well, he didn't say overperform? Rating? He didn't say overperform, but he said that basically they're a good bet, like like they're undervalued at home. Well, that's overperforming the market yeah. then. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's and worth playing worse on the road. That's underperforming the market on the road. Um, so I would say this is not real but I haven't done any research on it. I and actually, I did. Oh, I, I was like, I'm, I'm going to do some work here. You just set Jeff. me up, man. And is it real? Um, so it depends. Like, it's not statistically significant. It depends on how you define it. I, I could try to find some narrow enough it's bands to value. make it that way. The p-values were not under 0. 0.10, so not they under 10%. Underwhelming. But they, they were... Uh, I love my unders. No, I don't. The, we don't need to know what the p value really was. No, but 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 my point here is that to me it looked like something that like what's what is the rationale for that? Is the rationale really that they used up their energy on the road and so they? I don't like. I, I just don't understand why that would be something that 
I even if you even I mean, if I, I think found it's a that... significant effect, like I still would think it would be something that is mostly just hey, how about based this? on this noise, right? Because no, you're well, gonna, about, if, if you look for all these different effects, if you look at all these different types of situations, you're going to find situations where there are very significant effects, but that are just due to randomness because you've looked at all these different situations. So, so Rufus, one of them is. Yes. Can I can I explain can I explain it one I was way? On roll. Okay, <laughs> if you play two games on the road versus a game on the road and then a game at home, isn't it possible that the sort of like travel, lack of familiarity, etc., would make you perform worse than you would if you were at home? Yes, that's possible. But what about winning? But why winning is a road dog? Like if you win well, as I mean, a road. But what I'm saying is like. It could just be that, right? Like the road winning on the road dog might have nothing to do with it. It's possible, and I didn't look at that, but I, I, I doubt that that's a that's something that's right. Yeah. Anyway, and, so and, and by so the way, I looked, I looked controlling, I looked controlling for my Massey Peabody numbers, not just the market. No, 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 I, no, I like, know, I and I, I believe you. So, like, I don't, I don't care if the market's mispricing something. I want to know if there is a fundamental effect. And so, I think your second question was realistically, if this were the case, and. Um, why would he say this on a podcast? And this goes back to the idea like that he basically doesn't make his money necessarily as a, a winning sports better. He makes money selling content and selling he makes, picks. So he makes money sounding like a winning sports better. Sure. Yeah. We, def we definitely don't say, make money that way. So if I found something, if I found a significant effect, something that, you know, that I know you're like, would guard it like a, like it was. Yeah. The Brink, you were like the Brinks truck or something. Uh, yeah, but not not those well. in in Groundhog Day, the movie. Yeah. Uh, what's this RJ yeah. quote? I don't understand it. Oh, so yeah, I, I was eating my uh, and pizza for dinner tonight, and he said, "If you can't," he, he was he basically was saying, um, "You know the movie Rounders." He he, you know the quote where you know if you can't spot the. The mark in the room in five minutes, you're the mark, him. that type yeah. of thing. Exactly. He said, well, you know, if you can't explain the value, explain why you see value in a line, then you're missing something. And I was like, right. tell anybody that does machine learning that. And, well, so like, that's, that's the classic case of like a model versus a narrative. Right? Exactly. So he's basically saying there has to be a narrative. And, and if there's not a narrative, in his example, they were talking about some game and and they hadn't realized, like, or Fez probably hadn't realized because RJ loves making fun of Fez, but that the some quarterback had a thumb injury, and that's why the value was there. Right. But for me, it's legitimately like, okay, I trust that my ratings are, are good and that I'm not saying that my ratings are necessarily. I'm using yeah, but here's here's better, here's like in this better than the market. But what I'm saying is that my ratings. The rating, the market, when you combine, Rufus. my ratings add something to the market. Sorry. Rufus. Jeff. How about, we've talked about this, right? Here's an example of it. When you, when your ratings are way off of the market and you are like, what WTF, why is this happening? When you can find some sort of thing that isn't in your market, sorry, isn't in your model that explains that difference then you're pretty happy because then you're like, oh, okay, I get it. I get why I'm off and like, you know, whatever. And the other reason that you regress to the market is that you know that there's things that the market is incorporating that your model right. isn't. 
Correct. So I wouldn't necessarily say that this is the dumbest thing RJ's ever said. I would say that like there is some value, especially if you're way off of the market, way off, yes, to under, understand why uh, why that is. And I'll say this, and and, and when RJ asked uh, Fezzik for his comment on that, Fezzik said, you know, if if it's game day, if it's a Sunday NFL game day, then yes, it's alarming for him. But if it's you know an opening line in a market that he specializes in, it's not alarming at all. And and I kind of agree with that statement, actually. Okay, so let I have a I have a thing because now that we're, we've been you know we're we're getting close to being should be should be done with this podcast, but let's do our um, NFL picks. Okay, and let's try to in your case because you're pure model based, right? Let's try to explain why there's value on the bets you you have. Okay. Let's see if we can find that value. <laughs> and maybe we can try to help each other if, if the other person can't. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, if I, last if I week, need your help, I'll, I'll make a signal. I'll <laughs> wink twice. Last week, I was two and three, which brings my NFL record to 21, 16 and three. I was especially annoyed about the San Francisco game where I had them giving one and they were up 15 to three going into the fourth quarter. Rufus wham, wham, wham. was three. Four and one. Whoa, Four and you one, baby. Guess what? Big... Guess who's on a roll? Guess guess who's coming for you? I'm I, I'm only what? I am You're like a, you're like you're a, a, you're a game I'm behind me. I think less probably. than a game behind you. I'm zero point seven five games behind yeah. you. That's what happens when you Asian yeah. handicap, baby. Okay. Uh I'm gonna go this Gavin week. With you. My first pick is Atlanta plus the two over Washington. Um Atlanta's offense is really very good um washington's pretty mediocre um why would i find value in this game washington's (laughs) offense is mediocre or their or atlanta's defense is terrible so um why would i find value i don't know why do you think there's about why do you think i find value at atlanta can you see any reason why why you find that i i find a little bit of value there actually um because the redskins are worse than their record there we go and the Falcons are better than their record. Yeah. Oh, you're going to take the Cleveland. You love the uh, Cleveland. You know, honestly, you hate the so Kansas City. I, I'm going to say this. Um, you know, it's not Cleveland is not going to be an official pick on the Massey Peabody site. Okay. Um, well, we were supposed to talk about this actually. How you give out uh, picks that you don't actually end up well, betting and so, blah, blah. But so I give out picks on the podcast that are ones that are basically a combination of the Massey Peabody and the player model. Um, when I feel like using the player model there, um, the Massey Peabody, which by the way, can I say that the records have been about the same on the site and for the podcast, but, but um, the player model, I do not disclose. So the rather basically the Massey Peabody site, I just give out the picks based on the Massey Peabody line because I don't want to disclose the player model, meaning that um, if I guess it's between people should be happy that I'm giving out the Massey Peabody picks um, rather than giving out nothing. Okay. So what do you do, Jeff? I mean, I, I understand. I mean, I definitely understand why people would say what they're saying, but I do think it, but I hope they understand my wanting to sort of safeguard something new that I've done that I think actually has value. 
Sure. And okay. The reason I cannot you don't have to you don't have you don't have to because NFL picks are very small. Well, it's a I'll, I'll say something. I mean, it's a very small portion of what I do, and it's yeah, in it the biggest matter. market in America. Is, so I'm not. It doesn't. I'm matter. not cannibalizing myself too much. It doesn't matter. You're fine. You're fine. You're giving out picks for free. I like this. You're trying to that call me you down think here. Are, that you think are winning bets, and I still think that. Yeah. And you think you're giving out positive EV bets, so, and I think you are too. So let's move on. And the what reason, else, you, what, the reason what, there's what value. Like, I'm going to say something, Jeff. Do not interrupt me, unless you really want to. Um, <laughs> is that is that the picks I'm giving out are based on a model, the same model that I've, you know, used the past what seven eight years. I mean, it's been adjusted over time and improved. But it's based on that same model, and those picks have returned like fifty-five percent. So if you want to not follow them, that is completely fine in your own prerogative. There you go. Okay. Uh, so Cleveland plus eight and a half. Yeah, and the reason there so, obviously is like the Cleveland, you know, the narrative around Cleveland being shambles, and the narr- right. and the reality that Kansas City is still probably a little bit overrated because of turnover luck. Well, and third, and third, giving me the chance to talk myself. Yeah, uh, I'll let you figure out why we both like the Jets plus three over Miami. Um, yeah, they did lose last week, and Miami, well, also lost. Miami lost in a very ugly public way on a Thursday night. Yeah, made me yeah. wonder if Adam Gaze knows anything Maybe, about football well, anymore. I think we like the Jets because we both know that Brocktober is over. Yeah, and I and I, I mean I don't know the Jets. Are, the Jets seem to me just from numbers to be a better team than Miami. So plus three, where we think that home field is probably worth two and a half for in, a in this case. In this case, it's worth less. But fewer. anyways, it's worth less. It's worth fewer points. Well, there's points. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I, fewer I points, you. less less points, fewer points. Anyways, fewer okay. Points. How about Denver minus one over Houston, which we both like? What say you about what? So, like? so I think we both think Houston sucks. Should we just, for clarity, we both had the Jets plus three as our second pick. Yeah. So that's a two-unit play. Two stars. Ding. Two stars. Denver minus one over Houston. Well, Denver just traded Demarius Thomas, which I don't think has a big effect. What but say you? Them to Houston, remember? You trade, yeah. Ooh. Ooh, but what, but what if... Tony Kornheiser asked me that today on his podcast. He, so he really wants players. to have you on. Are you, how much longer are you in the D.C. area? Because you can go me, on next I, week. I got a call. He said I should let him know next week I'm here. I'll be here next week. Maybe you can go on next week. You should go next week. They okay. want you on. Rufus okay. P. Firefly is what they call <laughs> It'll confirm that I'm a real human being to them, huh? Yeah. You just do, have they to want, do they want me to bring ID as well? To bring who? ID. Just to prove that I'm Rufus P. Firefly. Um yeah, why do you like Denver? Uh, I, well, I think that they're actually a slightly above average team. I think that they've um, they their record you still is very Houston misleading. Has a below average team is a below average team slightly, ever yeah. so slightly. I mean, Houston's definitely overrated right now because the narrative is like, oh, they lost all their blah, but now they've won all a row, and Deshaun's figured it out, and DeAndre Hopkins can catch anything, and you can't defend them, and yada 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 when. Now they're going to Denver in Denver. Um, yeah, I like I like I like Denver here minus the one. Me too. Okay. 
So your fourth pick is? Oakland. Ugh. I like them at three. It's down to two and a half, unfortunately, now. Do you like them at two and a half, though? Mm, yeah, I'll still like them at two and a half. Are they, are they one of your top five? If, if not, you know, we can, we can reconsider. Uh, it's I like, I liked Minnesota minus three and a half, but it's four and a half. So they're not one of my top five. Well, not to talk out of both sides of our mouths, but anyways, forget it. I, yeah. I'm going to go with Oakland. I think they'll win that game outright. Whoa. So if you think they're going to win the game outright, why would it not be good at two and a half? I'm just, that's why I'm saying it's fine. I'm taking okay. take that game. I'm, I'm taking that game. Okay. There's an asterisk in your head somewhere. Well, and so the narrative is that, the that well, the narrative is that they cannot play well in the fourth quarter. They've been outscored by like you know two gazillion points in the fourth quarter this year, where whereas they've been actually decent the first three quarters. What say you about that? Uh, sounds like a narrative to me. I think the reality is that they are a you know they're probably like I said equal to relatively equal to San Francisco and um, you know when. I was maybe, I, I mean, generally, you know, San Francisco, we've talked about them being a bit of an underrated team. Maybe they're not quite as bad as they seem. And Oakland, we've talked about like their offense being pretty good at yards per play and all this kind of stuff. And now obviously the narrative is trading Khalil Mack and trading Amari Cooper and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, we we believe they really won that Amari Cooper trade. And clearly from, oh, for sure. the, from the value that wide receivers got that were better than Amari Cooper, um, they did win that. So um, I just think this is a good spot. I think, I think you know, they're going to win this game. Question. Here's a narrative. Give me a, 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 you know, fact or fiction here for this narrative. Is Oakland so bad in the fourth quarter because their team is all made up of, like, old people? No. Fiction? I mean, they, they do have, like, one of the oldest rosters in the NFL, despite the fact that they're supposedly, quote, rebuilding. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because Chucky doesn't make them do enough working out. Maybe. Or they don't make good enough adjustments I mean, I, at halftime. I actually, I kind of liked Chicago down when it was at 8.5. And, and now that it's, sorry, and now that it's up to 10, but you have the benefit of being able to bet against Nathan Peterman. I'm surprised that you are going to bet on Nathan. Wait, wait, Peterman's in? Damn. Yeah. I, I, I thought that, I seriously thought that they like, I thought that guy, I, I didn't think there was, I didn't even look because I thought there was no chance that they would actually start that guy. Wait, and I thought wait, they would be me. So we might have to change my bet here. Did you make fun of Fezzik and those guys for not knowing this kind of shit? Uh, okay, wait, I just noticed, okay, I'm going to say this. I just noticed on my notes, little thing, it says Derek Anderson and concussion protocol. Although someone misspelled protocol. Protocol. I mean, I'm, I'm, I think he's been ruled out and I think Peter Minzen. He's, quote, expected to start. And I also see an article that says Bill signed Terrell Pryor, who immediately becomes Buffalo's best quarterback. And I wouldn't argue with that, actually. So we've all we've often talked about how you don't handle outliers well, and I think Nathan Peterman would fall into the category of an outlier. In but terms but of being wait, a can I say with bad quarterback with Nathan Peterman, I would not have this as a bet a play. So we are going to complete. So so that is no longer on our list. Cross that off on the notes. Cross um, off. So my fourth play is going to be New England laying five and a half against Green Bay. Like it. 
narrative. You you say the narrative while I find a fifth play now. Um, Aaron Rodgers. He's you know he almost just beat the Rams you, as an underdog. You got to take Aaron Rodgers. Like you can't. You can't. And New England is uh, actually. I heard this narrative that that New England Green Bay needs this game. This is a must win for Green Bay. So all of that makes New England a, a good bet. Uh, I'm going to take New Orleans minus. Cow. I'm going to take New Orleans minus one and a half over the Rams. Um, I think this line is probably close to right given power rankings, but I. Um, I think New Orleans, this is like, I don't know. I feel like maybe home court, home field will be more valuable here. <laughs> I'm struggling yeah. for our narratives just suck. I'm really bad at these narratives, but yeah. I, I think New I think New Orleans, this is, this is a big, you know, like if we really believe in priors and whatnot, they were the best team going into the sleep, going into the year, um, according to my friend, uh, Massey Peabody. And, um, you know, if that's the case, then certainly getting, uh, giving only one and a half at home against the Rams in the spot is is a good spot for them. Excellent. So for mine, I'm going to take, you know what? I'm going to double down with you here. Atlanta plus two. Sweet. At Washington. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, so it's, three, it's, it's the, play, the player level model loves the Falcons. It probably will not make it on the Massey Peabody picks. Right. Um, it's, it's not a very strong pick for me, but it's the best. I, I need my five picks, and it's the best of what's left. Yeah. Well, so Oakland, just everyone should realize that that Oakland game is on Thursday night, and that is the classic Jeff Ma Thursday night fade. So keep that in mind when you think about our picks. Jeff, do you know what your record is on the Thursday nights so far? Have you looked at it? No, I haven't. Is it like uh, 0 and 6? I think it's no, no. I it, it started off good, and then it has trended poorly. So my guess is it's not that much below 500, but it's it's definitely recently way below 500. Yeah, but but it's the way it's trending. So yeah, no, no. If, for sure. if we create a trend line, eventually it'll go below zero percent. What do we do line, then? The trend line is not pretty. The trend line is when we extrapolate and it's negative 10 percent next week. What do we do? I think we've got to bet our entire payroll, um, like infinite, infinite amount. We have to, of, no, that's when bankroll. we bet one hundred and ten percent of our bankroll. Exactly, that's only infinite. Infinite's more than one hundred ten percent. For the record, true, true. Jeff, uh, okay. can, I, can I ask you a question? Sure. Did you dress up for Halloween? Slash, did you have trick or treaters come to your door? So I went down to see my dad, and I dressed up. I dressed my son up as a zookeeper and I was a panda bear and my wife was um, another animal and my dad was another animal. Wait, you, you don't remember the animals or is this I mean, slightly my embarrassing? My wife was like a monkey and my dad was a uh, lion? Lion. A lion. Okay. I was trying to get not into too gory details because I don't think anyone cares and they would get the theme, which are we were animals from the zoo and my son was the zookeeper <laughs> i bet he liked that i bet he really enjoyed it he's he like, was the boss he's like he's like a year and seven months so he's not so he probably had no idea what was going on no not really he was like oh fun animals yeah pretty much well, this yeah. is like turning into a bill simmons podcast because it's like a parent corner right now which is what he does at the end of all his podcasts <laughs> i've never made uh, it that did far you dress up? did you dress up um i didn't 
I, I didn't. I don't that have kids. Surprise me. You don't seem like a dress up kind of person. I'm not really a Halloween kind of guy. It's, you know, I think when I have like kids, that. I'll become that more, you know, I'll get into it. Right. My girlfriend said she was, she was in Boston and, and she said um, she was walking around Beacon Hill and saw like at 5 PM and saw all the kids, you know, in their costumes and the parents with, you know, with their drinks walking with them and just, she was like, yeah, that'll be us someday. That looks fun. I was like, okay. Oh my God. She is, she is just madly in love with you. I'm madly in love with her. Oh, this is so cute. Okay. Okay, That's our show for this week and remind me, uh, sorry. And, uh, remember to listen to us next week and, Tell me how good or bad my audio was this week because I think it was much better, but probably wasn't 100%. Because Jeff, wait, wait, but can, can I say this before we go? What I'm gonna make a poll on Twitter tomorrow <laughs> on over uh, on on the audio quality out of 10 for you. What got would it. you set that number at? And, I'd say it's, let, I'd let, say it's, I'd say it's got to be a six at least over under six minus one ten on each side. Wait, wait, if you're the bookie and we go right. based on percentage of the vote. Like what? What? What vig would be acceptable for you to actually take bets on? To be willing like, to take that bet, I'm I'm not going to take bets okay. on something that can be so largely influenced by people who know that I'm taking bets on it. <laughs> like <laughs> if we did this blindly <laughs> and then you and I made a bet on it, I would be fine with that. Oh. But now that we've already talked about it on the podcast, I feel like I'm kind of making a bet. Let's let's just hope that it's an improvement over what's been recently, and we'll go from there. That sounds good. Okay. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween, guys. Talk to you next week.